0: Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. As you're turning there, let me say Happy Mother's Day to all you ladies out there. And I do say all you ladies because we are a covenant family. So you have covenant children in this church one way or the other. So Happy Mother's Day to you. I've decided that uh, when I have opportunities to preach over the next uh, few months that uh, I will be preaching through the uh, book of Philippians, so we're going to be starting with uh, chapter 1 today, Philippians, uh, with the the overall series uh, entitled, The Rejoicing Church, and that's what we see a a picture of as as the Apostle Paul writes to uh, the church there in Philippi, and that's what uh, should be our goal also, is to be the rejoicing church. Now let's give our attention to the reading of God's word, Philippians. Chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership, in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For, whatever, for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. In the praise of God. Let's pray together. Father, as we come and we look at this portion of your scripture, we ask that this morning, over these next few minutes, Lord, that your spirit would work in our hearts and our minds and that we'd be challenged with what you have to say to us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This past summer, Wendy and I uh, had the opportunity of going with the boys up to uh, the mountains of North Carolina where we stayed in a friend's house and uh, we got to enjoy a week up there. While we were there, we invited uh, Mark and Sharon Rattray and Truman and Matthew to come and spend a couple of days with us. As we were there, we were talking one night, we decided that the next morning we were going to go whitewater rafting. Now, Matthew was too small to go, so Mark, being the wisest of us all, decided he would stay home with Matthew, and the rest of us took out the next morning to go whitewater rafting. And as we started down the river, I noticed pretty quickly into the trip that all the other rafts that got in at the same time that we did were going right on by us and were doing it with great ease. We, on the other hand, were struggling mightily and constantly being taken by the current of the river into one bank or another, and I was growing frustrated. And as the captain of the ship, I decided that uh, we we needed to clear this up and try to figure out what was going on here, because when I started, I had two goals, get down the river safely and get down the river as quickly as possible. That was, those were my goals as we started going. I thought they were reasonable and made sense. Well, as we were going, I realized that everybody else on the, on the raft had another goal. Their goal was to have as much fun as possible. Now, that's not a bad goal, but it just wasn't compatible with my goal. So as we were going down the river, we were having great difficulties because we did not have a plan. We were not partnering together. As Paul is addressing the church here in Philippi, he is calling them to partner with him in gospel ministry. And that's our call also. As we get started, it would be very easy just to blow past the first couple of verses here. I mean, after all, they are just introduction. But I think it's very important to note that Paul, who's an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, and who was converted on the road to Damascus as he was in pursuit of persecuting Christians. And Timothy are are sending this letter. Timothy has this great godly heritage from his mother and his grandmother that we read about in Acts 16 and again in 2 Timothy. Timothy, raised by a godly mother, now working with Paul, and encouraging the Church of Philippi to participate in gospel partnership together. And as they send this letter, they say it is to all the saints in Christ Jesus. All the saints in Christ Jesus. This is a letter written to Christians. So if you're here today and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, this is the letter written to you. It was originally written to the Christians, in Philippi, but it's written to all of us. You see, they wanted to set the the plan of how to partner together in ministry. We here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church also want to make sure that our plan is well known. If you look on the front of your worship guide this morning, you'll see that our mission statement is helping people joyfully know Jesus Christ, love Him more, and serve Him better. I'm convinced that Paul would have found that very acceptable and in line with this letter that he was writing to the Philippians. You know, when we're really ministering together in partnership with one another, it leads to joy. Joy is a theme that we're going to see throughout the book of Philippians. The Philippian church had been supporting Paul financially. We know that because we read about it in chapter 4. And there also seems to be this deep personal concern for the Apostle Paul. Because, and because of that, Paul is filled with joy because he's partnering together with this church in ministry. And we want to do the same thing here at St. Andrews. We want to partner with others in our church and outside of our church for the purpose of sharing the gospel with others. Inside the church, we have many opportunities. If you'd like to be involved in our worship and arts ministry, then you see Mark Rattray. There's all sorts of things that that they are always working on, and they are for the good of the body and building us up. In children's ministry, there's an opportunity even this week, there's a sign-up sheet outside the door here to my left to your right that says, if you'd like to help with Vacation Bible School this summer, we need your help. It's a wonderful opportunity all of us should be considering as as we have the opportunity of the mission field coming into our church this summer. We have a youth ministry, a women's ministry, a strong diaconal ministry. We even have a church library ministry that could use your help. If you want to help, see Linda Donovan as she's trying to help get that library organized. There's many more opportunities where you can plug in and serve here St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. And if you're not sure where your niche is, then see myself or or Dr. Weldon. We'll gladly help you figure it out. Because when we participate in ministering with others, it brings joy for us and to those that we're ministering with. What about outside the church? When reading through Philippians, it's obvious that the people here are, are... in love with Paul, and they understand what he's trying to do, because they're actually recipients themselves of his outward ministry to others. Paul didn't spend his time just in one local place, but the, the, the people at Philippians were actually those who had witnessed Paul coming to their area and teaching them about the gospel. And that's what we should always be concerned with doing, is taking the gospel other places. For a church with only an inward focus. It's not really a church at all. You know, here at St. Andrews, we kind of have a, a two pronged approach to our evangelism ministry. We look at wanting to reach the people in our community with the gospel, we want to reach the people around the world with the gospel. If you would, look inside your worship guide and you'll see a blue sheet that's in there today. Pull it out for just a moment. On the page that uh, has the church staff listed up front, up top, look down at the very bottom where it says local benevolences. There you'll see half a dozen or so local areas that that we try to to partner with. Calvary Home for Children, Daybreak Crisis Pregnancy, Midlands Christian Learning Center. That's our school time Bible hour uh, project, which we always need help for. Ministry resources, sharing God's love, wheels of harvesting. Those are some of the areas locally that we're trying to minister with and partner with. Then you see right above that, mission to North America, opportunities with in Haiti, and church planners that we support in Colorado and on the coast. And then right above that you see mission to the world and, and you see where we we have our you know of our focus and England and, and Ukraine and other areas with those missionaries that we're partnering with. And then we have other missionaries who aren't part of the Mission to the World team that we support. Okay, now take that blue sheet. It's very important. Put it back in your worship guide now. We'll, we are done with that. Now, since it's Mother's Day, let me make a comment along those lines. We need to be instilling the importance of gospel ministry into our children and into our grandchildren. Now, Timothy was prepared for a lifetime of partnership in gospel ministry because of the training of his mother and grandmother. And, and it's not just a, a, a once a week training where you bring them to church. It's day by day, sharing with them the hope that's in the gospel, training them to see the things that are going on in their lives as things that God is using to develop them. Teach your children that even as they go to school, it's for the purpose of learning how to better be equipped to share the gospel with others. And as we look at all these different ways that we could participate in ministry locally or around the world with our children you know it could become a little bit overwhelming when we start thinking about it and thinking that we're not equipped for such a calling as this but just as we begin to feel a little bit overwhelmed Paul puts in there verse 6 beautiful verse 6 Glorious verse 6 it says being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is very clear language that Paul is using here. He's pointing out that their salvation came by Jesus Christ not by anything that they did themselves and, and that they growing in Christ, will continue by Jesus Christ. And that they can be encouraged, and we should be encouraged, to know that Christ continuously works in our lives. And since we've been saved by grace through faith alone, we can be confident as we engage the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the one that began the work, and he's the one that will finish the work. And we we can know this for sure because we know about this core group that Paul is writing to here. Paul's writing to this this group at, in Philippians that started, as we read about in Acts 16, as some ladies were at a prayer meeting and Paul was there and was sharing the gospel. And one of the, the women that responded was a woman named Lydia. And what we know about Lydia is that she was a seller of purple she she was a businesswoman she was a fashion designer for lack of a better term so they had Lydia and they had another young girl a demon possessed girl that was going around while Paul and Timothy trying to minister was making such a ruckus that Paul eventually rebuked the demon in her and sent her out uh, sent the demon out so they had the the demon possessed girl and then That night, uh, they had been thrown into jail because when they got rid of the demon, those that were profiting off of her uh, didn't like it and and had them thrown into jail. And that night, uh, there was this fierce earthquake, and it opened up all the jail cell doors. And the the jailer who was in there was concerned that all the prisoners would have escaped and and was about to commit suicide. And Paul said, no, we haven't left. We're still right here. And the jailer was so moved by that that he said, what must I be doing? What must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told that that night he and his entire household were baptized. So the core group is pretty dysfunctional. You to have a fashion designer, a former demon-possessed lady, and a suicidal jailer. And now here, 12 to 15 years later, Paul's sending them a letter thanking them for their support. Well, how does a dysfunctional group like that become a church? The same way St. Andrew started almost 26 years ago. It's not by the work of the people, it's by the work of Jesus Christ through his people that his church is moved forward. And this verse here confirms that for us. Once a heart is changed by Jesus Christ, he's certain to grow and to use that person beyond what they ever think he, they can be used. But not everything was easy for Paul. Look at verses 7 and 8. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For, whatever, for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Yeah, not everything was easy for Paul. He's writing this letter from prison This means that not everything's easy for the church. This is the founding pastor of their church, and he's in prison, and they're supporting him and trying to, to, to carry on, but I'm sure that they were being mocked by those in the community. Yet even as Paul and the church were working through these providential circumstances that they found themselves in, Paul's speaking about having joy and he wants to be used right where he is being used to share the gospel how about you are you willing to be to let god use you no matter where you are right now in your life now maybe your marriage is not everything you dreamt it would be or maybe your employment's not like you would like for it to be maybe moms your children aren't exactly as you prayed they would be. You see, no matter where we are, or what we're working through—if it's the grief of the loss of a loved one, for fighting sickness and disease, or if we're actually on our way to prison—God wants to use you right now. Just talked about in verse 6. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Though sometimes, oftentimes really, he'll carry it out in a way that will require sacrifice on our part. In what ways might we be called to sacrifice? Well, certainly this church here knew that they were being called to sacrifice financially. And we certainly know that that's our call also, that God wants us to be faithful to him. And as we've started our faith mission giving, it's been very encouraging to, to see those funds come in. We still have a long ways to go, but very encouraging to see the way God is working so far. But it is a sacrifice. Every one of us knows of something else that we could spend money on besides sending the gospel around the world. God sometimes calls for us to sacrifice our time for the sake of the gospel. Sometimes God calls us to sacrifice the sweat of our brow for the sake of the gospel. Just A couple of weeks ago, we had the work day here at the church, and many of you men worked awfully hard, went home tired that afternoon for the sake of the gospel. Sometimes God calls us to sacrifice our pride. You know, we don't always have to be right on everything. Sometimes it's best just to remain silent. You remember that the membership vow that you took when you joined the church, that vow number five says, Do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? That's the vow we've taken. And sometimes it's a vow that's easily broken. And when was the last time you studied the peace and the purity of the church? Now, Paul knows what it means to sacrifice. Remember, he's writing this letter from prison. He doesn't want to be in prison, but he's sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. Moms, I can't think of any sweeter sacrifice that you could make than to offer up your children to the Lord and pray that the Lord would use them full-time in cross-cultural missions for the sake of the gospel. Now, one question you might have as we think about all that is if Christ is building his church, and he is, and if he is going to use us, why is it, that those of us that he's called out of our state of sin and misery, he's now calling on to sacrifice. I mean, why does Paul have to write this letter from prison? Sometimes we think about that and just, it doesn't make sense. Why do I have to go through the things that I'm going through right now in my life? Well, the truth is that through our sacrifices, we are made more like Jesus Christ. The sacrificing is one of the ways that Jesus Christ brings about the finished work that he has started. And you will not grow as Christ intends if we do not see the sacrifice that Jesus is calling us to is designed for us by God. It's not a mistake, whatever hardships we might come into, These are God's way of growing his people. We need to understand that. We'll not grow as Christ intends if we think what God is calling for us to sacrifice is unfair and it's not really a blessing. We should look at all the things that God puts before us as a blessing, even the hard times. We'll not grow as Christ intends for us if we spend all our time trying to figure out how to get away or around from the sacrifice that Christ is calling us to. We will not grow as Christ intends if we do not share how God is working in our lives with others. That's one of the greatest things about this faith mission giving, is listening to each other's stories about how we joyfully give how back, what God has given to us and and, and to hear some of these stories it's just so exciting to to see the the smiles and the enthusiasm that comes with them finally we're not grow as God intends us if we do not love others like we should look at verse 9 again and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more "...and knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless till the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Through loving others and loving God, we'll enter into the right type of joyful gospel partnership." You know, for the most part, it's easy for a mom to love her children. Some do it better than others. But for the most part, it's easy for moms to love their children. Well, why is it that moms act lovingly towards their children? Well, because that's an outward expression of what's already going on inside. And real theology is shown by our loving actions. Paul is saying if we want to express our joy in partnering with each other for the sake of the gospel, and if we want to show our joy in building His church, then we'll do that by loving one another. And that's what Christ intends for us to do. Jesus uses this, this love for one another to, to help make us more discerning, it tells us here. And it's part of our sanctification, it's part of our growing in the Lord, It's by loving one another. When we do love one another, here's what happens. We partner together for the sake of the gospel, and we're there to minister with one another as we sacrificially give back to God. You know, we just sang that hymn, "Blessed be the tie that binds," and you read those words in there about the love that's there for each other, and, and, and it's just so evident that, 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 that the tightness of that body there—that should be our goal. Laughing with one another, and as the hymn says, occasionally sharing a tear—it's all part of loving one another. And when we do. Love like that. We see here in verse 11 that we are filled with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There's one more important thing for us to see here. When we are loving one another and we're being used together to joyfully minister in in partnership for the sake of the gospel, God is glorified. That's the way God brings glory to himself. Do you ever take time to think about that? God is glorified when we love one another and when we work together. Now, what does that say to us when we don't love one another and when we don't work together? Obviously, God is not glorified when that occurs. The glory of God should serve as a motivating factor for us in our desire to love and to work With one another. Now I started off telling you today about the rafting trip that we took. As we got down towards the end of the river, there was a place to pull over the rafts. Because just beyond that, there was a set of rapids. And we pulled over and we looked at those rapids and I had one thought. We're going down. There's no doubt about it in my mind but we talked about it and and we all did have the same goal of wanting to stay dry through the rapids so we talked and made a strategy of how we were going to do it and we got back in to the raft this dysfunctional group that we were and we took off and we hit those rapids and we went flying but we landed the right side up and we shot right through those rapids and it was so much fun and we did it because we were all working together, and we worked together that day and it made and we made it through the rapids, and it made all the difference. Working together is the way that Christ intends to build his church. let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. we thank you. For your Son, Jesus Christ, who we have a common bond with. Lord, may we look at our brothers and sisters here and love them. Lord, love them even when they're not being loving towards us. Lord, love them even when we're having hard times in our life. Father, build unity in this body. Use us the mighty way for the sake of your gospel and for your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.